Hey everybody, thanks again for listening to Cardano Over Coffee. Today was the last show of the year, and guess who stopped by? Charles Hoskinson, CEO of IOG. Listen in as we talk to Charles about all things Cardano. Oh, snacks? Does my eyes deceive me? Is Charles in the space? What, what, what? Hey, everybody. How's everyone doing? Oh, we're doing happy holidays, Charles. Good morning, Charles. Good to see everybody. I just had a few minutes and I saw you guys pop up and I said, I know those Cardano over coffee people. You do. This is the last episode of the year. So welcome, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Do you have any? Good morning. Good morning. Are you in Colorado? Always warm, always sunny. Sometimes Colorado. Nice, nice. Do you, Charles, have any updates for us? Anything, any alpha to drop on this lovely community on this Friday morning? Well, uh, it's been a hell of a year. You know, if you look at the year in review, it's uh, we've grown exponentially. You know, TVL's up by like eight hundred percent by dollar value. Uh, You have coins on cardano trading a billion ada you know a day you got uh, the blocks being 60 to 90 percent full on a pretty regular basis uh, just absolute ton of transaction volume uh people are really starting to tr- migrate to aiken and plutus v2 uh you know we got uh, governance is well underway you know node 8.7 has been out for a little bit and uh, people are learning intersect is operational with over a thousand members uh, civics committee's looking good. Uh, board just got set up. Hopefully, we'll be able to get member elections announced here in a little bit to add some community board members to uh, to intersect. Uh, you know, you got a huge amount of community infrastructure that's uh, that's being built right now. A lot of SIPs underway. SIP ninety five for the voting stuff. Uh, a lot of improvements to SIP thirty to make it a little easier for wallets. Multi delegation finally came out to lace and. Hopefully, we'll be 2024 will be the year of paper wallets, multi-sig, and uh, better hardware wallet support. Uh, you know, you got um, a whole bunch of things coming with Plutus V3, including BLS support, which is going to bring rollups and all kinds of sophisticated proof structures to uh, to Cardano. Y'all played around with Midnight. Uh, the DevNet uh, came out in November, and uh, 1,200 teams applied to, to join. About 800 got it rolled in. Uh, and they're already starting to build some really cool stuff. And I think probably around February-ish, uh, we should be able to have the next iteration of that DevNet. So that team is moving super quickly. So is uh, the partner chains. We have a lot of really good publications that are likely going to hit in Q1 of next year. Um, Orbos Leos, the long-awaited input endorsers, looks like it's in its final form, the final stage. Took an extra year to get that where it needs to be. That looks good. That's going to be like super scalability for Cardano. Um, uh, Mithril, we had this year the Alba uh, construction that we did with Algorand. So we took the compact certificate concepts and other things, and we, we were able to inspired to do something new. But Mithril's on mainnet already, so the second generation of it will roll its way out. And that's a really exciting thing, especially once it gets into the node. A lot of really good, fruitful conversations on tiered pricing and Babel fees, and hopefully we can get that along with Mithril into the, into the main node. Uh, Paris, it was another huge breakthrough. We learned an enormous amount and we broke it into a three-stage plan from VRF improvements to kind of a first-generation Paris and the second generation that'll come with uh, input endorsers. So that's going to bring fast finality to uh, to Cardano. We're doing a boatload of experiments with uh, recursive snarks. Uh, so I think we're going to leapfrog most of the industry here as uh, as we kind of push aggressively uh, you know, into the future. 
But uh, everywhere you look, whether it be governance or scalability or interoperability, uh, it'd be this new model with partner chains being able to be kind of a blockchain to blockchain sales layer. Um, you look at DEX volume, you look at the DevX for writing Plutus contracts, the fact that community languages are growing like crazy, like Aiken is 100% community driven and it's competing with Plutus TX. Um, you look at the developer velocity uh, you know, on our projects. It looks really good, guys. Um, the active specification of Conway is another huge leap forward on the formal methods where we went from LaTeX to an actual formal language that you can do code extraction from. As, and my hope is that we can get end-to-end blueprints for Cardano and Acta, you know, next year. Uh, and just the level of innovation from the community. You know, if you take a look at all of the dApps, uh, whether it be Oxo or Indigo or Liquid or Sunday or MinSwap or you know, any of the usual suspects, the new suspects, they're all looking really cool. Um, some in-house dApps, for example, Jed, um, we have a great roadmap to upgrade that to version 1.7, which will have a ton of new features and fix a lot of little issues that people have with it. Uh, and uh, then there's a wonderful team now that's led by the former CEO of Algorand uh, for, uh, for Jed. Um, and uh, he's, uh, he's really excited about how we can take that to the next level, make it multi-chain, collateralize it, not just ADA, but Bitcoin and Ether, and make it the largest algorithmic stablecoin in the, in the space. So yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy, man. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's um that was a longer and more thorough response than I expected, but you were ready, Charles, on that that uh, end of year report. So I appreciate that. Um you did you did pique my interest. Input endorsers. I have a little pillow next to my bed that says input endorsers. Um when is that coming, you think? So in 2022, we had a really good team put together to kind of study what's required to do it. And they pulled a committee together. You muted yourself, Charles. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Oh, uh, yeah, so so uh, what happened is that uh, we, we had a team we pulled together in 2022. Uh, and that team was led by Ben Beckman and uh, John Woods and others. And that they uh, were at University of California, Santa Barbara, and they spent a whole week basically outlining what a a straw man protocol would look like. And uh, we got to a point where we have a really good design that leverages Mithril extended UTXO uh, alongside a lot of other innovations that we'd come up with in the past, like the concepts from parallel chains and these types of things. So uh, we, we we were getting to a point where we were about ready to start prototyping and simulations. But then we decided that we'd spend a little bit more time solving a few issues that could cause stalling or network concerns. And the other thing that we really wanted is to understand fast finality at the same time. So it wasn't good enough just to have a highly paralyzable system. We wanted to understand how fast we could get transaction settlement and if we could replicate what some of these BFT protocols have. So we created the second version of Mithril which basically capped out. We also enhanced some concepts behind extended UTXO. And then we created Ouroboros Paris, which took a little bit longer than we would have liked. But the good news is that both the Paris and the Laos papers, which contain that kind of roll-up of these technologies, uh, are slated for Q1 delivery. And it just depends on what conference we, we feel comfortable targeting, whether it's going to be CCS or crypto. But in any event, what's likely going to happen is that we're going to try to negotiate with Duncan Coots who's the CTO of WellTyped. And you guys know Duncan, you know, the, the Cardano wizard. Um, and see if we can get WellTyped to do all the simulation prototype work for input endorsers. And then uh, the hope would be to have Twig 
uh, do the implementation for it. Because right now, Twig is implementing Genesis for Intersect, and uh, their current velocity, they should have something on pre-prod by April. And then the next step is to implement Paris. So then the hope would be to roll them over um, after Paris and do um, Laos. So 2025 would be the soonest uh, that it would enter Cardano um, into production. Uh, but it just depends on the development velocity and how long the simulation time takes. But what's really cool is that we can kind of do this in a nice iterative handoff where WellType, who's done simulations and prototyping for Cardano since before Ouroboros, they've been around since 2016, could kind of come in and basically continue that, that long center of excellence, probably with the PNSOL helping them. And then the, there's a nice beautiful handoff that would go to uh, Twig, and then they, they can basically take care of that implementation. Now, if we also at the same time simplify Cardano by getting Agda specs end-to-end and um, dropping Byron support and kind of rolling it into Shelley, then I think what will end up happening is that uh, you know we can basically rewrite big chunks of the logic of the system and improve all the interfaces and everything else. Because mm-hmm. there's like a lot going on. For example, why is DB Sync so complicated? It's because the way that one talks mm-hmm. to the core node is not really good, and so it's pretty well acknowledged amongst anybody who works with Cardano that those interfaces have to change. Well, if you set up a working group at Intersect with all the people that are doing that, Ledger Sync and uh, the Flint uh, team at DC Spark, and us with DB Sync, and also Marconi. There's enough organizational knowledge there, plus the Blockfrost guys, that I, I think we could come up with a significantly better set of interfaces. Well, you can do that at the exact same time as uh, the rewrite for Laos, yeah, the enhancements to extended UTXO, Plutus V4, the Mithril integration, and it just all kind of fits in nicely. And then all of a sudden you have this asynchronous, super fast system that processes thousands of TPS. But then it's TPT, so it's not thousands of TPS like Solana. It's thousands of TPT where each transaction has a package and payload inside of it. And then you combine that with all of these, these beautiful next-generation features. So it's, uh, it's a cr- tremendously intricate uh, challenge to kind of have that orchestra sound pretty. But uh, I, everybody's up for it. These people have been around for half a decade or more. And they're very used to upgrading and working with Cardano. And if we're clever, we can solve multiple problems at the same time that ultimately put the ecosystem in a much better place. Because if we finish this just the right way, you'll have competing clients. So, so people can easily build a Go mm-hmm. client and a Rust client. And, uh, and, uh, and that, that can happen in parallel with this massive scalability push. Awesome. Well, that's exciting. I'm glad to hear you have a, a you know, your take on the space feels very accurate. Uh, definitely have battled DB Sync myself. Um, I see a bunch of hands here. I don't want to bombard you, Charles, but would you feel comfortable answering sure. a few questions from our audience? Sure. Cool. All right. Well, I think Matt, uh, you are first, and then Jenny's on deck. So, Matt, uh, the mic is yours. And please, Matt, if you don't mind, concise. I'm about to have to drop. I just want to say something real quick. Would you? Would you mind? Go. My friend. go, 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 go. <laughs> and you need a better hat, by the way. Uh, I got to get on that. Um, Charles, I just wanted to say, I happened to inform you, Cardinal Over Coffee recently joined Intersect, which is pretty cool. Um, we have, some of us have been, uh, had already joined as individuals, but we finally joined as a, as a team. So that's pretty cool. And uh, um, also, I've been in talks with a couple people from, uh, from the community 
Mike uh, Hornan, who's a great contributor to to you know documentation for CIP sixteen ninety four. As, as well as Johnny Kelly and, and, and other friends of the community. And they're going to help me put together a program, which I, since we're going to, I want to keep it with a, with the Don Quixote theme, have named Project Dulcinea, which is to bring more women into the, into the governance, uh, you know, the whole, the whole journey. So you know, stay tuned for that. But what I wanted to ask you real quick is something very simple. What is this fork Chang named after? It's been going around. There's so many theories. And I just wanted to put that to Chang, rest. Chang was an employee at Input Output, and he died of a heart attack. And uh, he worked on the governance team. And it was a really nice, very sweet guy uh, who was very good friend with uh, all our people and myself included. And we thought it would be a good homage to because he cared so much about governance, and he was literally working on 1694 uh, to uh, name that that hard fork that enabled that um, after him. Thank you for that. Uh, that was very helpful. And also, you know, we're supposed to be having uh, Rod G here as a guest, who's <laughs> like amazingly here, like not complaining. Uh, but just so you know, he is uh, an educator and alongside Nudes, they're both like really into bringing pedagogy into Web3 and uh, just wanted to, to shout out to, to those two for, for you know, pushing yeah. that on the community. You appreciate that, Jenny. Uh, I definitely wasn't going to let uh, Uncle Charlie cook. So no, let, let's uh, have him answer some questions from the community. Uh, but yeah, my proposal and some of the stuff that I was going to talk about uh, is pinned to the top. And uh, if, if Charles has any questions himself, uh, I would love to talk uh, to him about the educational sort of pursuit that we're taking as well. So no, lo love, the, love the answers that you gave, Charles. Love the, uh, the perspective that you're giving us here on Cardano and the, the way that it's slowly but surely uh, become this very, very awesome thing that we can all take out into the community and support. Uh, and, and hopefully feel supported by by those at the top. Um, you know, we're doing some fun stuff, community building, educational stuff. Uh, I'll definitely toss it to the to the hands. But yo, no, gr great to have you, and definitely let let, let Charles cook. Awesome. Well, thank That's you for fun. your patience. Uh, definitely love to see this from our guests. And yeah, it's great to also to end the year with uh, a wild Charles appearing. I think it's it's awesome way to cap off the year. Um, Cardon over coffee has been running for what, two and a half years now. Um, been to multiple conferences. We've been growing our, our host team. Um, and we've also been growing out our sponsorship, uh, effort. So we've had Cardano spot recently. Uh, we've had Zengate uh, and their palm token, and we've had MinSwap in the past summon, uh, platform, um, Starcada, many have sponsored with us. So, chill you know, time, chill time. Out. So, just want to take a moment to appreciate how far we've all come here. This is wild to see. Matt, the mic is yours. I, I didn't have questions for Charles. I was going to get up and sort of give a PSA about the, the Mercury kind of FOMO wallet sign scam that they've put through. And uh, the similar thing happened with a fake berry pool, I think, a couple weeks ago. So, I don't know if the scammers appearing mean that we're back or not, but you did mention something, Charles, that, that, that prompted a question in my mind um, with regard to Basho error support. So how much do we see, how much do we know is still currently relying on that? I mean, I know a lot of the, even the ICO 
uh, buyers sometimes haven't claimed their tokens. So, you know, what's what does that look like, and what what do we how do we compensate for folks that are maybe idle on the chain and, and losing that support would be a, a real drawback. Not necessarily. It depends on how you do that. So there's there's kind of like two components that you have to think about. One is um, how you deprecate that support um, and uh, where you put that. So what you would do is you'd roll up the Byron era into the Shelley Genesis block and you basically checkpoint it. Um, and then you would put some logic in that a Byron, uh, that there's a special address transaction where you can spend a Byron to a Shelly wallet, but you can't spend a Byron to a Byron. So what happens is that if you still have a Byron wallet, you still have access to your funds, but you can no longer create Byron addresses and continue doing that. You actually have to go to the new part of the system. So it's basically like an upgrade transaction. So that means that, you know, those, those uh, airdropped addresses that are in the um, Genesis block, they're still spendable and they, they still can operate. Um, and uh, you just have to, there, I think one exchange is still on, ironically, I think it's Binance that's still on Byron and they just have to be given a swift kick in the ass. But frankly, it, it, the foundation needs to do it because they also need to get Binance to upgrade to support Cardano native assets so that all these native assets that are trading can start getting listed. And you know that, that's a conversation that needs to happen. Um, so it's not as complicated as people like, but a transition plan would have to be discussed. And how, how you would do it in practice is a, a special committee would form at Intersect and a lot of different community members would come and those community members would start uh, talking around all of the upsides and downsides and then kind of come up with a migration plan uh, and then show and practice how that would be done. Then make a proposal to the government of Cardano and it would be voted on and then initiated through basically a, a, a hard fork or a series of hard forks to get that done. And maybe one or two, depending upon how that strategy comes together. So you'd have a long deliberative process, probably several months with lots of stakeholders. They write a proposal and then that proposal would come in and people would uh, put all those pieces together. Um, it's not easy, but it corrects a lot of original sins in the design of the protocol, and it radically would simplify your wallet logic, your library logic, because effectively, when you look at Byron and Shelley, you have two cryptocurrencies that are radically different from each other, one that's not really well designed, the other one that's extremely well designed. And if you're making a wallet or building a full node, you basically have to support both of these. So if we drop Byron, it would reduce the complexity of building wallets, building competing nodes by probably 70% or more. The other thing is that it would probably take about 10 to 15 man years of engineering effort to write active specifications for the Byron era, uh, which means that I'd have to put a team of about 10 people for a year, give or take, or you know five people for three years to go and write those specifications. Whereas if they were dropped, uh, and easily handled, um, the same team could write end-to-end -end specifications for every other era of Cardano. So we could conceivably get active specs for all of Cardano, which means we have a formal blueprint and massively better testing that, uh, that can be done for all clients, not just the Haskell, but you can use that as the reference testing base for a Java client or a Go client or a Rust client. So it's definitely something I'd advocate, and um, it's the same for Plus V1. If you take a look at the blocks, 90% um, of the space that's being used by smart contracts is coming from the Plutus V1 side, and it's wasted. So you know it should be nice to force some form of deprecation where at some point you have to upgrade to a Plutus V2 pattern or 
something like that. And in any good system, you, you usually do these types of things. And so it has to happen in a community way, in a transparent way, and it has to be voted on. And that's kind of the power of a governing layer like SIP 1694 is it gives you the means to actually discuss and implement these types of things. It can't be done by a single engineering firm. We can just tell you guys what the trade-offs are and kind of tell a, a path to get there. But you need a consent mechanism that includes all of the stakeholders of uh, Cardano. But, you know, as we look to the future, Cardano is going to evolve a lot as an ecosystem. And this is kind of kind of prime the pump on how Cardano evolves and how we build social processes to kind of drop support for certain things and enhance support with other things. Every ecosystem has to do that. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Cardano Over Coffee. And thanks, Charles, for stopping by. We wish everyone a happy holidays. And we'll see you in 2024. We want to give a big shout out to our monthly podcast supporters, The Wizard Tim, Discover Cardano, Book.io, Project Camo, Linda from Stakepole Ticker, MALU, Twisted Gears, Mihan, Enigma Stakepole Ticker 1, Monster Stakepole Ticker, MNSTR, Epoch Sect, and Psychos, the Cardano card game. We appreciate all your support.